Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. This is Father Richard Kunst coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, St. James Catholic Church, which is my parish. And I am here with Cindy Jennings, my co-host, and we are coming to you from uh, the Duluth edition of Real Presence Live. Cindy, good morning. Good morning, it's Father. Good, it's good to have you back. Good to have you. Why don't we start? Uh, why don't we start off this show with a little prayer? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your Spirit upon us as we begin another edition of Real Presence Live. Pray that you inspire uh, us as hosts, as, as well as our guests and those most importantly who are listening. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 And the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Um. Uh, Eli, are you there? Oh, I thought oh. you had a preview. All right, so watch. This is this is live radio, so you get the good, the bad, and the ugly. So there's no preview for the show, Eli. I thought that there was. But anyhow, so Cindy, how was the 4th of July for you? It was good. It was different. I What was different? Well, you know, they didn't have the huge fireworks display this year, so that was different. Oh, well, that was different. Yeah. Uh, we went to Ely and okay. hung out with Uncle Mike and Aunt Erin and um, their little baby. So it was So that's why I didn't see you on Sunday. Yeah, that's why. Yep. Oh, okay. It was in Ely. Huh. It was good. Did you have fireworks up there? You know, there really wasn't many going off the lake. I was kind of surprised. We're on really? white iron, and so I thought there'd be tons of it, but no. And we brought, you know, some little ones, but huh. some parachutes and fountains and stuff like that. It looks like you're still dressed in 4th of July colors. Well, you know, I only get to wear this for like a week. Then it oh, gets put on. Are you patriotic for only a week? <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, okay. No, I don't right. know. Well, it's, it's curious because, you know, I was a... Of course, I live in Gary, New Duluth, which is, if for those of you who are familiar with Duluth, way out in West Duluth, and and I've got this roof patio of on the rectory, and and I was totally surrounded with large uh, fireworks displays. It was great. Really? It was like, I mean, not like Duluth, like official fireworks, but a lot of people around me put in a lot of money to their fireworks, and so it was just kind of great sitting up there and having a Duluth uh, 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 an adult beverage like milk, watching mm. the. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I could have been there because that seems like a good little setting. And yeah, little, it was a great yeah. location. I couldn't believe how many fireworks are going off. So a lot of people were still getting in the spirit. You know, I was in uh, Wisconsin because they have the best fireworks. They do. <laughs> Apparently. Well, because I think that it's more legal there than it is, it is here. Yeah. I mean, even parachutes. I'm like, I just want to parachute. Why is that illegal here? I don't know. So is it illegal? In I haven't seen, I've never, like every time I go to one here, I don't find them. So. Really? I'm guessing. But I remember being at a gathering where you shot some off in Minnesota. Was that illegal? Did you break the law, Cindy? I'm sure I did. Okay. I don't know. But, yeah, so people were buying them, and I mean huge carts. Yeah. And I'm talking thousands of dollars. I was so impressed. This place, and, of course, in Wisconsin, things are completely different than in the state of Minnesota because they don't have the restrictions. They don't have right. the masks, nothing. It's like you walk in, everybody's shirtless, all the kids shirtless. are running around. Not uh-huh. everybody, not everybody. Well, this is Wisconsin. Okay. And just people were buying them up. I mean, That's I thought crazy. this is going to be huge. Now, when, then, I, when I was growing up, the only thing that was legal were those little worms. You know, really? You know those little worms where you light the yeah, lighter I love to it those. and kind of grow? I still like those. They're kind of neat. They make them jumbo now. Anyhow. 
Uh, enough of Fourth of July talk. <laughs> it's July seventh. So, although it is the week of Independence Day, yes. So we have a, um, a we have a guest with us uh, who I'd like to call a friend of mine, Coach Randolph. Welcome, Coach, to Real Presence Live. Thank you very much, Father. It's great to see you again. So, uh, Coach Mike Randolph is a, the coach of Duluth East High School. But I I'm a, uh, just want maybe to start off by just saying a little bit about yourself. Well, I uh, was a player. Locally, I played at Lower Chester, grew up playing there, and uh, youth hockey was a lot different back then. But anyhow, I played youth hockey there and ended up playing at Duluth Cathedral, which was a Catholic high school in Duluth. It's now called Duluth Marshall. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't apply myself academically, and I was scared to go on to college. At a Okay. Few offers, I would have been ineligible. Had to go to school for a year and just school, not play hockey, and uh, get my grades up and prove that I could handle college education. And instead, I jumped in a car and headed to Estevan, Saskatchewan, to play major junior hockey up in Canada. Uh, there's a side story to that. I will get into that later. Uh, played uh, minor hockey. For like five, six years, I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and received a call from my high school hockey coach, Del General, the late Del General, who was a father figure to me and offered me a job at St. Scholastica as an assistant coach. Okay. And at the same time, received my education. So I ended up going there, which was a great opportunity. And uh, we won a national championship the first year I was there, the only national championship that Saints class has ever won. You're giving yourself all the credit, of course. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) And I went on, and that started my coaching career. So I've been involved in hockey my whole year. I've uh, coached at Duluth East High School for, I'll be going on my 32nd year. I coached at Denfeld for two. I coached at Duluth Marshall for two. UMD for... Mike Sertig one year, and, or uh, Mike Sertig two years, and Gus Hendrickson one year. Uh, I think I have, and I coached at Scholastica for three years. So I've coached different ranks. Uh, so hockey's in your blood. Hockey is in my blood. I love the sport. It's a great opportunity to, to try to teach life lessons. Yeah. And I still enjoy going to the rink. And as long as I do... Because I get this question all the time. You'll probably ask me. When are you going to retire? Yes, yeah. when are you going to retire or quit? And uh, as long as I enjoy it and think I'm bringing something to the table, I'll continue to do it. Now, so. prof- professionally, you were a teacher, though. Yes, I taught at Stowe, yeah, right, 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 right by my house. Yes, yeah. right by your house uh, for 28 years, taught fourth grade, and uh, had a great career there, had a great staff there, and great kids, and I really enjoyed it. I I wanted to be uh, a, a teacher first and then a coach. A lot of people think I made a living coaching. Yeah. <laughs> you don't make a living coaching. <laughs> right. So, uh, I, again, I taught for 28 years there, and uh, it was a great experience. And you're married to your lovely wife, Ginny, and how many kids do you have? We have four kids, two boys and two girls, and we've been married for 46 years, and uh, she's been great. And my kids. Did you are, marry her when she was three? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm kind of aging myself here, but uh, we were, uh, I wasn't, I was very interested in her in high school, but she had nothing to do with me in high school, and actually I came back from uh, playing hockey, and remember the London Inn? Oh, yes, I do yeah. remember the London Inn. London Inn. I saw her again. I had actually had my teeth knocked out. I played like... 85 games up in Canada, played one game over in Superior. You probably know him, Chuck Ness. Chuck played at Central. Okay. He knocked him out. Oh, geez. And, uh, in fact, he went to Mass at, uh, when you were at uh, St. John's. St. John's. Okay. So, huh. uh, so I didn't meet her under great circumstances, but she, uh, she remembered my personality. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> she didn't care about yeah. having no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so did all four of your kids play hockey? No. Actually, actually, uh, Jimmy did until uh, he was a peewee, and then we had a heart-to-heart with a talk. I think he was only playing because of me. Aww. And he ended up being our manager for five years. And uh, I think he regretted quitting. And then uh, Jake came along, and he was the, he was the hockey player. He played uh, high school at East under me and then he went on and played college at uh played juniors in omaha and then played college in omaha nebraska and he was mr hockey for the state of minnesota one year wasn't he a candidate for mr hockey yeah Yeah, he won a lot of awards his senior year and then he went on had a great career at omaha and then played some minor league hockey found out the business part of pro hockey and he just retired actually last year so he's working right now in the sit right now in the cities which we're very proud that he he moved on to his next chapter in his life and uh he's handled it very well so he's doing very well my girls never played uh there wasn't that much girls hockey back then and uh there were cheerleaders and involved in other activities in school so i've been very blessed to have four great kids they're all doing very well and uh three of them live in the cities right now and then jimmy he lives in san diego california so. you want four more i'm just kidding uh, four more <laughs> she wanted to give hers away no we we go see the grand we have five grandkids and oh, we love the best. seeing the grandkids and uh then we get to hand them off when they get a little ornery you know so yeah. it's kind of it's fun our oldest is two and a half and so we have some real young grandkids and uh can't wait till Love they that get age. older. It, two and a half is great. Two and a half is Especially great. when they're not yours. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. so I you, forget what they said. They, they used to say the terrible twos it must have been because of me. I don't know, I was a terrible two maybe. But I hear the terrible twos and the two year old is great. Great. No, it's now four. <laughs> it's you, now four. It's the new four. Oh, okay. So, um, uh, you know, you were a member of my parish for a number of years, and and you may have noted this, but every time you came in or left, I always just said coach. I yeah, one coach, yeah. and so it's like your identity because of who you are, and you're you're actually very well known in the state because of how successful you've had Duluth East hockey. And so, even my successor in the parish, uh, Father Drew Braun. Uh, when he was coming on, he said he when he before he came in, he said you got Coach Mike Randolph in your parish. <laughs> he said he's like a celebrity. I can't believe you got Coach Randolph in the parish. And so, and so, uh, um, uh, you know what? I'm sure your whole it feels like your whole identity is wrapped into to hockey. How is that for you? Because I mean, you're just known as coach by so many people. It's it's different to be honest with you, Father. Uh, you know what? What's really fun is the youth, working with the youth. 
when you get to high school, the, the parent element, a lot of parents have a hard time separating, you know, because it's a different level. It's a very competitive level. The youth level, everybody plays equal ice time. Right. There's not as many guys on the team. And all of a sudden, they come to high school. And maybe a sophomore is better than a senior. Maybe a freshman's better than a junior. And uh, it's, it's been that part is difficult. The parents, dealing with the parents. Dealing with the parents because, it, and I get it because I had a son playing hockey. I understand it, but it's navigating it can be, be very challenging. Uh, so I, I just love coaching and, again, being in contact with players and being able to teach them life skills. And uh, hopefully we've had a lot of players move on in their lives, and I see them, our paths cross, and, they thank me for those years of playing for me and the lessons I've taught them. How does faith, I mean, you're obviously a man of great faith. How does faith come into play in regards to your coaching, and how do you view that? Well, obviously I'd like to express my faith a little bit more in front of the team. I, I think I do it in different ways. Faith is very important to me. I grew up in a faith family. My wife came from a faith family. Uh we said the rosary every day when my when I lived in my house back in those days, and uh, I didn't really want to say the rosary. I wanted to be outside and be playing with the guys, and we had a lot of kids in our neighborhood, but the rosary was very important, and to this day I'll remember it. And uh, I just grew up. Uh, I'm a firm believer, Father, you're going to be like the people you hang around with or the people you're around. If they're faith-driven, you'll be faith-driven. If they're not faith-driven, they have other things to do on a Sunday or other days, then you, uh, you'll you turn that way. So I've been very fortunate to be surrounded by great people who, right. who faith is a big part of their life. Thank you. We've been uh, we've been listening to uh, uh, we've been talking with Coach Mike Randolph of Duluth East High School. Uh, this is Father Rich Kuntz, along with Eli, uh, along with Eli, along with Cindy Jennings, and we'll be right back with more Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. We're excited to announce the special broadcast of the Episcopal ordination of Bishop-elect Peter Mewich, the next bishop of the Diocese of Rapid City, Thursday, July 9th at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, 11 a.m. Central. Listen live on the radio, online at realpresenceradio.com, and via the RPR app as we bring you this joyful celebration from the cathedral in Rapid City. It's the Episcopal ordination of Bishop-elect Peter Mewich, Thursday, July 9th, 10 a.m. Mountain, 11 a.m. Central. Are all sins forgivable, even suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus said that there's only one unforgivable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit. Basically, that means dying without repenting. But how can someone who dies suddenly, such as by suicide, have a chance to repent of any sins? Jesus tells St. Faustina that he comes to the soul at death and gives them three opportunities to repent. Regarding suicide, Catechism 2283 says, by ways known to him alone, God offers them the opportunity for repentance. 
In essence, the only unforgivable sin is not accepting the mercy of God. So to learn how to help your loved ones do just that, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Rich Kunz along with Cindy Jennings coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota. We've been talking to Coach Mike Randolph of Duluth East High School about what hockey looks like then and now and how faith gets involved with it. Yes, uh, I actually want to kind of hit that more on the faith part. Um, I know growing up, things were a little bit different. So if you could just maybe explain how kids have changed, I guess, for one, you know, how has their work ethic changed? And then also just about praying or trying to pray. Do you get to pray before the games or can you have certain people that would pray before the games or is it completely out of the question? And then also just um, time, like how do you deal with all the demand of hockey and the time for faith? I mean, that's a lot. I packed that all in, and I'm sorry, I I can slow it down, but I have so many questions for you. First of all, how how I fit it in, what I love about, I've had opportunities to coach at different levels, and at different levels, you may be on the road a lot, you... Your time's taken even more. High school season, you can't do anything on a Sunday. That's that's the number one thing that sold me with coaching high school hockey. And I've coached high school hockey along this whole way because I believe Sunday's a special day for our family. We go to Mass, and we take our family, and I, I think we instill the importance of that. Are our kids all doing it on a regular basis? Not all of them. But we truly believe they'll find our way back to the church because of the example we set a long time ago. So that was a very important piece to family and church was very important to my decision-making of staying at that level. And they had no Sundays, huh? I, I no, can't we can't do anything on Sunday That's great. except go to mass and i get really excited when i go to mass and i see some of my players at mass mm-hmm. and uh i make a a point of finding them on the way out to kiss you know nice to see you let them know that i'm Positive really happy that I like uh, <laughs> i'm really impressed that they're at mass and taking the time to do that because we may have been down in the cities in lakeville north and so that Saturday, I got home late, and they to get up and go to Mass. I, I really like to see that. So my hands are tied as far as being able to say a prayer 
I know I do have players who do say a prayer, handle that in different ways. and uh, It's different for a player to do something like that than the coach. Yes. Yes, yeah. but as a, as a team, we 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 our hands are tied as far okay. as that. Uh, we can't even say a prayer at the banquet, even though our parents say a prayer. Okay, mm-hmm. they have a player say a prayer. Okay. So I, uh, it's their banquet. It's their celebration of the season. They want to start out the banquet with that. That's their prerogative. I'm not going to tell them they can't because they. It's right. basically their banquet. Okay. So yeah. it's nice to see that uh, we do it. What you find in coaching is the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. So the parenting they're receiving is uh, it'll it'll really give you an idea of why a player is the way he is. And I've had some, for the most part, I've had unbelievable parents. There's always a few, but mm-hmm. a lot of times alcohol comes into that equation and uh they just get wrapped up and they can't control themselves so uh you learn a lot so you become uh you know to go back on that notoriety that you have uh you become quite a fixture on television during the state hockey tournament because how many times you've been how many times you brought duluth east to state hockey tournament 19 times 19 times that's incredible (laughs) (laughs) we're we're, the, the program is very well respected. It, there's more jealousy here, Father, mm-hmm. as far as the success of the program. We went down there so many times. Down there, it's a completely different. There's a lot of Duluth people, first of all, down there, mm-hmm. a lot of East graduates. The support, we'll go into arenas, and the support we receive is unbelievable. And it's because of the program and the history of the program and the success of the program. And there's no jealousy down there. Yeah. They just want to see a good hockey team. And uh, whereas in Duluth, we're kind of like the Dinah mm-hmm. of down there right. where we've won a lot. So, right. So in, uh, in, you know, Minnesota is like the hockey state, uh, you know, in the United States, right. there's no, there's no state that can really compare to Minnesota. How, and and I know that you, at you, high school level. on the high school level, yeah, and yeah. and we've talked about this in the past. And I just want to make a little bit of a plug in regards to your your success in sports in in coaching, I should say, in hockey. But you are uh, in the top three of all time winning coaches. Is that what it is? Yeah. Are you number three? I'm I'm the winningest active coach, and I'm tracking down two guys in front of me. Really, for of all time? Yes. How many more do you have to go to take over number two? I've got about sixty wins away. Okay, that's incredible. So that's for of all time hockey high school hockey coach wins. That's incredible. Well, I never really kept track of it because I'm not really into winning and losing. Because winning and losing, I tell my players, will take care of itself if we play the right way. You're mm-hmm. going to win some and high. You played the game, Father. You're mm-hmm. going to win some that you shouldn't win, and you're going right. to lose some that you shouldn't lose. So if you get wrapped up in that, yeah, you you can lose the focus on the process of mm-hmm. of. We've taken a lot of pride in being ready for the playoffs because really the only thing that matters are three games to go to the state tournament. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully you're healthy. Hopefully you're playing your best hockey. And you get a lot of breaks because mm-hmm. that's just the way the game is. Mm-hmm. But it's real easy. So I didn't really pay attention to wins and losses. The media did right. whenever I won my 500th or my 600th. They would make a big deal on right. it. I go, hmm. 
Yeah. I won that many games. I've been around. Yeah. But it does. The other side of it, it tells you how old yeah. you are and how long you've been around. Yeah. But it's it's very neat, and I I'll be real honest with you. I'm I'm going to hopefully be around to be the winningest coach in the yeah. history of high school hockey, which would be kind of cool. Yeah. No, that'd be cool. That would be cool. I know. Then he, we have to have him back on again. Oh, we'll of course. Talk about it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm competitive. Can you tell? I'm like winning, yeah. winning. See, that's, you're humble. You're like you're good. You're like I don't. I don't care how many games I win. Um, have you seen kind of any difference in kids over, you know, the past years that you've been coaching? Oh. As far as are they really into it, or do they just are they made to practice, or do they really want to get better? It's funny you bring that up because last year after a game that we didn't play very well and. Uh, I actually told the kids that I would rather grown up in my day and age than when they're growing up now. There are so many things going on with them that hockey's just a part of of living and being part of the school. And I don't have any problem with that, but it's just changed a whole lot. What you really strive or hope to have are players that really strive to play beyond high school those players you don't have to worry about and usually a team is made up of you you're i've been fortunate enough to have three or four of those players then you have a middle of the road guys that kind of don't know where they're at hockey wise they're not sure whether they want to play beyond high school or if they really don't care about the game mm-hmm. so you have most of those guys and then you have the guys down on the bottom that don't care at all it's just Wearing a letter jacket, wearing wearing a garment around school, and being somebody who they think they're special because they play for the Duluth East High School hockey team. So your your goal as a coach is try to get that middle of guys up with the guys okay. that you don't have to worry about. They're 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 going to push themselves to play at the how next. How many level. how many kids so, have you had go pro? Uh let's see, five. How many kids have you had? Go priest. <laughs> I've had one. Oh yes, really? exactly. so, yeah. yeah, so Proudly. yeah, so Nick. tell us, yeah, so tell us about um, uh, the priest that uh, came out of your program, Nick Nelson, Father came Nick from Nelson, a great father. Sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> father Nick Nelson came from a great family. That's an example of you could tell the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Although at that time, I never thought he would become a priest. In fact, I, I, I knew a girl that he was dating at the time, uh, uh, Pokey Traxels, who's a famous oh, sure. athlete in town. His daughter they are dating at the time. And then Nick goes on and becomes a priest. And I, uh, I would have never thought that. But he was an gr- uh, unbelievable kid, great, honest hockey player. The kind you love coaching, a coach's dream. And uh, So you don't take credit for his vocation to the priesthood? Sorry, I'd like to, Father, but I don't. No. He the, the the credit goes to his parents, who were great, and, uh, and the whole family was great. They're athletes, but at the same time, I, I I will just give you a quick example. A lot of times in youth hockey, you're on the road, and a lot of Catholics uh, find. Because I'm on the road, I'm not going to go to Mass. The Nelson family, they were at Mass. Yeah. 
because we were at mass mm-hmm. and we'd see each other mm-hmm. and and so uh it just speaks to the right. upbringing he had and uh that's what happened. Why he ended you know, up where he's at. In my family as well. It's like, I didn't, you know, I mean, I didn't go as far in hockey as my brother did, but my brother played for Duluth East and traveled a lot, and, and we always had to go to Mass. It didn't matter. I mean, yeah. so there, there was, this is the one thing we did. For me, it was cool because we got to see other churches. I like that. Right, you know, but, right. Um, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but one thing I just wanted to have you touch on a little bit is you said how youth hockey has changed so much. I mean, when I grew up in youth hockey in Duluth, there probably were 25 teams. Right. No, there's what? I don't even know how many teams there are. It's like, how has youth hockey changed? Because so many people are so into hockey at a young age, and their parents are into it so much. Yeah, it, it's changed a lot in that uh, when I grew up, you grew up. Wait a minute. All well, I'm quite a bit younger than you, Coach. True. Okay. <laughs> but it's still when you grew up, I think. I don't think there was traveling hockey then. Traveling hockey means there's basically an all-star team for the Bantams, an all-star team for the Peewees. So... Kids can read through the lines that if I don't make the Peewee AA team, which is the all-star team, or the Bantam AA team, my chances of playing high school aren't very good, so I'm going to, you know, how much am I going to put into it? Is this really worth it? Mm -hmm. And it's changed hockey a lot, and unfortunately, I I think in a bad way, because back when I played every, we'd play uh, Longview, we'd play out here, Irving and right, play right. locally, yeah, and it wouldn't cost as much money either. Exactly. My family couldn't ever. Afford. Right. Well, uh, coach, it's been it's been great having you on the air. It's a I, half hour. I know these segments go by really it's fast. So Holy, <laughs> but but uh, um, uh, thank you for being on the air with us. When we come back, we'll have straight talk where you can call in with your questions, theological questions, any type of questions that you have, uh, and uh, that will be when we come back. Start calling in live. 